What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I'm your host, Nick Smith. Joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, so close to the NBA trade. Uh, I mean, uh, NBA draft. I'm just really excited about this last one we're about to do. Oh, yeah, man. So this is our final mock draft, the way we're going to do it. Uh, we'll go 1 through 10. Uh, we'll each give our picks. Uh, we'll discuss a little bit. We have each have constructed three trades to go along with our draft, uh, just to spice things up, make things a little more fun. Uh, so, uh, so we'll go one through 10, uh, discuss 11 through 20, discuss 21 through 30, and that'll wrap up the show. So, uh, take, take, take it away, Luke, uh, give me your one through 10 and we'll, uh, we'll chat about that and then I'll give you mine. All right. So, uh, one through ten, um, one just staying the same as usual. Phoenix Suns going with DeAndre Ayton out of Arizona. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's obvious. He he obviously sees it. Everyone sees it. He didn't even work out with any other team. So I definitely see them going there. Really smart move. He's a freak just of a specimen. He's just really built already for the NBA for just being that young. So I think it's just a good piece to just start building around by the Suns. Next I go uh, – the Kings going with Marvin Bagley the third um, from Duke. I've read a lot that they're actually not interested in Luka Doncic anymore, so that kind of made my decision a lot uh, like easier. And they're really high on Bagley. He makes a lot of sense here. He's really fast, high flyer, goes after the ball on the offensive end. I think he can really keep up with the pace with Fox running that system, just building around them. So I think it's a good move by. The Kings, even though there could be a next best player, like the best player available might not be Bagley, but their fit, he just fits perfect right now, Bagley, for the Kings. I got the Hawks going with Muhammad Bamba out of Texas. I think right now it's it's just coming down to, A, this is a big man's draft, and B, there's a lot already going, so you might as well get yours because if you don't get them now, you might have just missed out even because Atlanta does have potentially three picks in this draft. So go ahead and get your center right now. Get someone that mm-hmm. can secure the floor for you. Also, looks like he's improved his shooting. So it looks like he can space it. But just mostly just for the defensive capabilities, if you want to build around Collins, this Muhammad Obama will definitely secure that defensively. Just everything. He can guard all the positions. He's really good off at switch. It's really fast. I mean, he's got the biggest wingspan coming into the NBA, so there's that. Now, with my fourth pick, it gets a little tricky. So, it's Mm going to be my first trade of the day. And I'm going with a Suns and Memphis trade, just because 
I think it makes sense for the Suns. They have a second pick already, and their boy's still out there. Phoenix has always been kind of torn. I don't think they were kind of torn, but, you know, there's Aiton, but Luka, too, with his ties with the coach. And I think he's just like, why don't we just go for it? You know, go get Doncic, and we'll really build around Booker, Aiton, and Doncic. That would really help out Luka, too, not being the just the for sure number one. So he'd be the third option. I think he'd really strive at that around Booker. So the trade is Suns will get Chandler Parsons in the fourth pick, and they're setting to Memphis, Drogic Bender, Jared Dudley, 16 and 31. So helps out Memphis get a terrible contract off their hands, what they've been wanting to do since day one. They also get back Bender, who he still is unproven. I think he would do really well next to Marcus Hall, a defensive-minded center. And I think that would really help out his game, too, being international. They're both from the international team. So Gasol understands the whole biasness about international players. I just think it would really help out Dragic. Because they that draft Suns did, they got him and Marquise Chris, and it's just they haven't decided, even though one hasn't taken the step in front of the other, they haven't really decided who's going to be their power forward. So I think just might as well make up your mind. So Trey Bender, Dudley's just going to match contract. He's a veteran. I mean, if you want to throw him on there, he's just kind of a shoe pick. And Memphis is still getting matched with 16th pick, which is not that bad, and they'll have – the first pick in the second round and just, you know, just trying to sweeten up the deal a little bit. So in the end, I think it's win-win. Phoenix can take on that money. Maybe Parsons comes back and he shows that he can be a six man. I mean, backing up Booker wouldn't be that bad. They need someone. I mean, he could maybe prove himself finally. And really the whole pick is around Luca. So now they're coming out of this draft with their three as DeAndre Ayton, Doncic, and Booker, and that just to me yeah. just sounds really, really nice as a three-way building block to go from. Yeah, and I think Parsons could even potentially work himself into the starting lineup there. I mean, Marquis Chris hasn't really proved a whole lot. Um, I think he would be afforded that opportunity at least. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, whereas, definitely. I mean, he's, I mean, he's he's definitely a stretch four in today's NBA, and I mean, he he's very, very, I think, well behind Jamichael Green in the pecking order in Memphis. So um, I do I do like the trade a lot for the Suns. I mean, it, it, it certainly sucks taking on Chandler bum-ass Parsons. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I like that, by the way, a little, little splash Yeah, you might have to throw um, that in there. Yeah. Um, probably the worst contract in the NBA, like, honestly. Um I don't know. I mean, he's competing with a lot of people. He's lucky Dang's out there, and Timothy Mogg. Yeah, Dang. But, There's a couple. I but can at think. least, at least Dang is like six million dollars less than Parsons. Yeah. Like, that's true, that's true. the thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I if I'm the Suns, I would totally do it. They they have the little extra amount in in salary cap uh, to be able to take it on. If I'm Memphis. Uh, I'm intrigued by the offer. Um, I like Dragon Bender. Um, I think Jared Dudley uh, is a nice piece to get. Uh, obviously, can play the three, can play the four, can even play some two. Uh, at least he has in the past. I'm not sure he could anymore. Um, but uh, but he's a, he's a you know a quality veteran. Um, only one year left on his deal. I think it's only like ten million dollars. So that's not bad. 
I think I would want more as far as the draft consideration. Um, but, you, I mean, you do have to take it into account. You're giving up or somebody is taking on Chandler Parsons and you are cutting roughly, if if memory serves me correct, Parsons is like $24 million, Dudley's like 10, Bender's like four or five. So you're, you're, you're also cutting like nine, $10 million in salary, um, which is huge for Memphis. Like they do not want to be paying uh, that kind of salary for, you know, the quality of team that they have. Um, and yeah, I think 16 is still good. 31 is good. I, I feel like, I feel like maybe like I would say you got to give me that 2021 unpredicted heat pick. Um, and then I'm, I feel like I might do it if I meant this, but, um, but I, I don't think that would be a problem. I think the Suns would say, sure. <laughs> like they may balk at it just, just, you know, to, to, you know, so they don't get roped into being asked for anything more, but you're getting, you're getting both of the guys that you want in this scenario. So, um, I like it. I think it's an interesting trade, but anyway, number five. Yeah, and I think, um, too, just to get to your point with that heat pick, I think they would definitely, I mean, they bulk at it, but I think in the end they would do it, like you said. You want to get you two guys yeah. you're building for right now. Booker is your man, and he already said he wants it. So, okay, so going on, moving on. Dallas uh, going with Michael Porter Jr. Um, actually, Red, they want to move up for Dodgers, but, you know, I didn't really see anyone really trading out maybe Atlanta, but then I don't really see Atlanta getting mm-hmm. – much out of Dallas in this scenario where I could see so. And then I also read they're really high on Porter Jr. You know, they can wait for him. They're kind of in this limbo years where they're in the dirt, like end of his career, but they kind of want to rebuild, but they still got dirt. So I think they could just, you know, put the sacrifice right now and take a Porter Jr. He, he can be really good. He's a stretch four. He can guard the one through fours. He's really got a nice shot. It's just uh, little flags with his back, but I heard there are really no concerns with a lot of teams. A lot of teams are very high on him. Even Sacramento, I've heard, is even high on him. So he's definitely trending up now. So I think Dallas would just definitely just hop on it. With the number six pick, I'm going with another trade. So here's the second trade, and it's another it's another team getting another pick in the in the lottery, and it's going to be a three-way team trade. It's between the Hawks, the Magic, and the Nuggets. The Hawks, in the end, are going to receive Kenneth Fareed and a terrible, another terrible contract, just like Chandler Parsons <laughs> and Bismack Biombo. Yeah. But their reward is they get the number six pick. Magic, in the other hand, are going to get their point guard they kind of always been looking for. He's not going to throw him over the top, but Really, none of these guys, these point guards, young ones are going to throw them on the top. They still have to wait for them to kind of grow a couple of years, I feel like. And right now with Aaron Gordon and, and everything and just their team, I think they're kind of like they're not wanting to wait a couple of years. They're ready to – so Schroeder's a, uh, Dennis is a nice piece. And you get the number 14 pick, so you're getting the pick from the Nuggets. So you still, you still have a lottery pick. It's the last one, but still. And then the Nuggets, just because – you have a lot going on this uh, this off season with your books. You know, you need to re-sign the Joker. You have a great six man in Will Barton that can walk away. Do you really want him to walk away? I mean, you're getting off Kevin Farid, so they're getting a little cash consideration. And 
just a little spice, you know, just the, you know, the 30th pick, just to help it out, because I still don't think Atlanta in the end, after this pick, they wouldn't keep the four picks in the first round. That's just a lot of money, and unless you're just going to do a draft and stash with a couple of them, because in the end, they'd be still keeping their their uh, later pick in the ninth, uh, it's the 19th pick, so I think just throw it in there, you know, that you weren't going to do anything with it in the end, Atlanta. <clears throat> and Atlanta's going to go get their guard that They've been really high on, from what I heard, and they could actually draft this guy as high as number three, which is really crazy. I mean, I, I do see him as a really good potential player with just, you know, his whole shooting ability, and that's Trey Young <clears throat> at Oklahoma. Now you're really starting to build around something. You have your point guard and your center and your power forward and your small forward, so you almost have it there. They're all really young. They could all really get to know each other. I think uh, Bamba would be a really good match with Trey Young because he can move up and down the floor and definitely catch logs that high. But he's really going to help him out uh, defensively, just making up in case Young just gets beat um, with these point guards that he's going to be coming up against. So I think that would really help mm-hmm. him out. I think it's a beautiful duo between each other. You have one that can definitely space the floor shoot, and you can see Trey is a great passer. That's yes. what, uh, like, I think, when, like, a lot of people are focused in on his three-point and his sharpshooting abilities, which, don't get me wrong, it's great, but he is a phenomenal passer. Like, he can just see it, the floor just so well. He's not that tall, so I think he would just, you know, him and Collins and Muhammad Bamba would just work really well with each other, just running up the floor, just throwing them up lobs. I think it would be really fun. I think Atlanta's coming out of this draft really high. Atlanta Suns. Definitely are so far winning. It makes sense all around, I feel like, for um, for each team because just because where the Nuggets stand, Magic, like I said, they don't want to – I mean, this guard's not going to bring them that quick. They still have to wait in the form between him and Trey Young. So might as well get a guy that is a, a good serviceable point guard. And mm-hmm. so so that, that that's yep. uh, that show right there. Yeah, and um, I uh, I obviously have a very uh, similar trade. It's almost identical. Um, and I actually, it's funny, I actually proposed this one um, the other day. Actually, your exact trade. Um, uh, I, I've since altered mine just, just a tad bit. I added a fourth team in there just to give it a little more pizzazz. Um, but uh, I... Uh, this is like the one trade that I have proposed that uh, the people in my Atlanta Hawks group actually like. <laughs> they don't like who I want us to draft. Uh, they'd be much happier in your scenario, um, but they do like uh, like the trade. Um, and ultimately, I agree with you. I mean, the Nuggets want to move move Kenneth for Reed um, to clear some cap. If you can do that, and you don't have to just give up the number fourteen pick, but you also get back number. Um, that's that's an awesome incentive, um, you know, to to essentially pull that off. Uh, and if you're the Magic, I mean, you get rid of the terrible contract in Biombo and you move back eight spots. Like, it really depends on how high they are in Trey Young. But if they have their doubts about Trey Young, um, you know what you're going to get with Dennis Schroeder. And the number 14 pick, there are a lot of good players still going to be available at number 14. Um, a lot of players who would fit positionally the different needs they have that they can continue to build with uh so yeah i mean i i think uh, i i was um i you know uh, of course 
there's been the talk of of the Hawks taking on Fareed, and then I think there was a Bleacher Report article that that had first outlined a potential Dennis Schroeder trade, which I thought that's not going to happen. But you know, when I started kind of putting these two deals together, I was like, there's uh, there's a little bit of traction there. So. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of, uh, of of this trade, not only for my Hawks, but for really for all teams involved. I think I think everybody kind of benefits. Um, and you know, the Hawks uh, ultimately have the cap space to you know to, to be able to pull this off. Um, and this is the kind of trade that Hawks fans like need because um, we've yet to see the benefit of that salary cap space that Schlink coveted so much. So that he uh, essentially traded Dwight Howard, who is in an expiring contract this year, but he's paid a significant amount more, I think $11 million more um, than Miles Plumley. but Plumley has two years remaining. Uh, so I, I definitely want to see us, no matter what the scenario is, I definitely want to see us utilize that cap space, because if we don't use it this year, then what's what was the fucking point? You know, like then we're just stuck with Plumley uh next season when Howard could have come off our books, um and you know, we didn't really do anything with the cap space. So um so I, I, I like this trade. I think it would be the perfect scenario for the Hawks. Um but uh but yeah, uh number seven, who you got? Number seven I have the Bulls going with, and this one really kind of talks to me because they're going with the big man, but I kind of like this fit better, um, and it's Wendell Carter Jr. out of Duke. Yeah, they could have gone with Jaron Jackson uh, Jr. He's really good and really can play the defensive floor and stretch it, but I just feel like Carter, for some odd reason, fits better with Markinen. Um okay. I just feel like he, he just, I don't know. It was just maybe just a gut feeling, but uh, yeah, just really like I just really like Wendell Carter Jr. and Markinen's little matchup right there. I just think that uh, Carter really didn't get as much credit this year because he's also playing with another great big man and Bagley, mm-hmm. and they both were really just uh, you know playing well, getting boards and all that. It's just Carter Jr. might be. In the end, I don't know, up there with Bagley, I'm not going to say better, but he could definitely compete in the end with them. So I'm going with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. for Duke. And then number eight, the Cavs, I have taken Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, it's a no-brainer right here. Yeah, you, you could go many places with Colin Sexton, Mikel Bridges, but just take the best player available and just a center finally that you can get, even if, LeBron's leaving. I mean, he's played defensive center, so I think it's just a big, just a big piece to build around with LeBron staying or him leaving. Uh, his dad played in the league, so just think the center, the center spot right now would be this the smart stick in. And like I said, he's just the best player available right now. I mean, he could have definitely yeah. been taken at number three. There's other spots, Dallas. So in the in the end, the Cavs are just going to do just the the smart choice. And, I mean, they've always needed defensive center. So, Jackson has a lot of upside. He's definitely the youngest out of the whole big man group. So, you finally got the last really big guy, big name out of this whole this whole little freshman class coming out. <clears throat> Number nine, I had the Knicks going with uh, Mikel Bridges out of Nova. 
I just think he fits the mold of them right now. They could go either one of the the bridges or Kevin Knox. I just think Mikel kind of fits that. He's he's a seasoned player. He's really good at defense. He's kind of knocked down. And just he's won two national championships. I think he'll really help when Kristoff comes back. He knows his role. He's not going to be out there being like, oh no, this is my team. Kind of when you left and all that. Not saying that Miles Bridges or Kevin Knox would do that, but. You know, they might just right. think, why am I giving? Why am I taking less now that this guy's back when clearly this team was running like the offense through me, and we we might be like successful. So I just think hell, just you know, really good basketball player and all, just good links to him, just good IQ defensively, played with a great, uh, I mean, coached by you know one of the greats right now. So makes sense for the Knicks, and then yeah, AJ Wright fan here. Philly uh, right now with the 10th pick. I'm going, I kind of had a little mix up right here, switched it around, but I'm going to go with Kevin Knox out of Kentucky. I just think that Philly likes their length. They really like just um, right now being taller than a lot of teams and fast. Mm -hmm. Like their big guys can run, and I just think they like enjoy just where they're at lengthwise in. He can play the three slash four freeze. So you have some guy that can shoot the three, go in when Dario's sitting, play with him beat at the four, or go in three if you just really want to have. So I think it kind of makes sense. Miles Bridges could sit there too. Just just a little bit smaller. I just feel like in in size, um, older too, might not have as much of an upside now as well since, you know, he's a little bit older and all that. Knox is still very fresh and raw into his game, so – this thing, Philly would would definitely like his length and all that and his capabilities of playing the three and the four. Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately, I agree with most of your picks. Um, uh, I, I do um, like both of your trades. I think, um, like I said, there may have to be tweaks here or there, but I think they're both um, pretty solid. Um, I, you know, I of, course, uh, I, I w- of course, would be – uh, pretty bummed out if my Hawks passed on on Luca, um, but you know if they did, they did. You know, it, it's it's. It, I think it is a possibility. Um, I, I don't think it's likely, but I, I mean, I think it's a, it's certainly a possibility. Um, and I think I, I uh, obviously I, I think the Kings uh, could still take him, though. Uh, I'm kind of more leaning towards Bagley now as well. Um, uh, for for a few reasons, but mainly you know fit uh, and the fact that ESPN uh, like just fucking loves Bagley, and let's not forget that yes you know Vladi Divox is their is their GM and everything, but um, their uh, their owner is like kind of the notorious guy who loves watching. Um, you know the NCAA tournament and get re- and gets really high on a guy, um, and I could see that having happened with Marvin Bagley because um, that guy can ball. Like he he had a great great season uh, in college. Um, my probably my biggest surprise honestly would be taking Wendell Carter over Jaron Jackson. Um, I don't like I I could definitely see. Um, I think Jaron Jackson has a really solid floor. 
Um, I don't think Wendell Carter's floor is as high. But I could also see Wendell Carter's ceiling being higher. Um, he does have a few question marks, but he, he's he's not as, as proven as a shooter, but he is um, – he, he, he does have that capability of, of developing a jump shot. Uh, and I think they're, they're kind of both were overshadowed, you know, as far as rebounds on their respective teams uh, because of who they played, uh, you know, who they played with ultimately. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, how that would kind of pan out. I do think um, Wendell Carter is, is, um, like a little bigger, not that Jaron Jackson, you know, can't, you know, hit the weight room and, and get bigger, but that guy's, that guy's pretty real thin right now. Um, and I think Wendell Carter's got a little more muscle on him. Um, though, like none of these guys are, you know, there's obviously DeAndre Ayton and then everybody else as far as big men, um, as far as their, their physical, uh, um, presence, if you will. Um, but yep, all in all, uh, I, I think, uh, like I said, I don't have any huge objections uh, to uh, to any of these selections. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before I jump into my top ten? I mean, uh, yeah, just with the Dodgers thing, I know you um, you saying like the Hawks and all that. I just from what I've read, I, they didn't work them out. They haven't really been looking at. Well, he hasn't worked out for anybody. Yeah, I know that, but I mean, they didn't go to like go visit them and all that. I mean, technically, every oh, no, team's Schlink, probably seen Schlink, enough of them. Schlink whenever so, there. So, but I just, I've just read that they're really high on the the, the NCAA like players, Americans that they've seen play. So yeah, the front court. That's players. like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, just, I, just I, all I just, just all the players that they've seen, and all that. And then yeah, the Kings kind of came out with that that report today that they're just really not interested in Doncic, even though you can't believe anything with a grain of salt right now. No. I mean, no. They, no but not I mean. At all. Well, yeah, I uh, I definitely think um, it, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I I would I, I can see I don't know. I can see the Kings passing on him because um, <clears throat> because of fit. Um, like, where, how do you fit him into that team? Um, but the Hawks, on the other hand, like you, I mean, he would fit just fine. I mean, if your pieces that you're building with are Torian Prince and John Gollins, like. Doncic would fit fine with both of those guys. He's not, you know, he's he, you're, he's not infringing on either player's position. Um, I, I certainly think he would fit a hell of a lot better than Marvin Bagley, who's a, a guy that a lot of Hawks fans want. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, like I said, I could see the Hawks. I could see the Hawks passing on him. I, I do certainly think it's a possibility, and I I can't argue the fact that Mo Bamba fits too. Um, and and both, you know, I think. Doncic has the higher floor, but I think that um, that you know Obama has a r- ridiculously high ceiling. I don't, I still don't think it's as high as Doncic's, but uh, but he does have a really high ceiling. There's a lot of potential with that guy. So uh, so yeah, I mean it'll be interesting. And if you got Trey Young and, and Bamba to pair with you know uh, to pair with Prince and Collins, that's that's a pretty damn good start to uh, to a rebuild. Um, especially considering you're really just rebuilding. This is only the first year of the Hawks rebuild. So if Schlink is somehow able to pull that off, I will be very happy and, and I will not give him shit for not taking Doncic. Um, 
Now, if he doesn't pull off any fucking trades to get us assets and, you know, as as I mentioned before, we, we just wasted, you know, trading Dwight Howard and didn't get anything out of it, um, and we pass on Doncic, then I'm going to be pissed at the motherfucker. You got you to gotta, you gotta do something good for me to forgive you on that one. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, let me jump into my top ten. Um, number one, obviously, DeAndre Aiden, for all the reasons that you said and we've said repeatedly, um, he's just he's the obvious choice there. Uh, Sacramento, Marvin Bagley, uh, again, for you know most of the same reasons you said. I mean, the fit is just so much better um, than Doncic. Un- I, like, unfortunately, because um, I, I, I mean, I personally think Luka Doncic is the best prospect in this draft, but the first two teams um like I, I you know we've had this discussion discussion before as to how he fits on phoenix you i think you certainly think he fits better next to booker than i do um but he doesn't fit better next to booker than Aiton. so in your scenario i like I, you know i like that they were they're you know somehow able to get both of them um but uh but i i will say that i do not um uh, I, I I think fit is is the reason he's dropping down uh, in in you know most people's uh, mock drafts because uh, Aiden's a better fit for Phoenix and Bagley is a better fit for Sacramento. I mean, I know a lot of people are saying, well, you got Scalabizier, you got um, Harry Giles. Like Harry Giles hasn't played an NBA game. Um, we don't know if he'll ever be healthy. Uh, and I, honestly, I feel like he would project better as a center. Um, I mean, I don't know because he hasn't really played. Um, but I mean, I I I I kind of see him more in that in that sort of role. And Scalabizier is a role player. He's not that. That's not a guy you want to be your starting power forward. Um, so whereas you know you have two guys in in Bogdan Bogdanovich and Buddy Heald who are you know both capable of being starters. Buddy Heald obviously is. Um, their six man uh kind of transitioned in, into the six man role last year. Um so Bogdanovich could potentially play the three and then you could plug Luca in and then you have Heald as your six man. So it could work. Um but if, if you're looking at it from the perspective of um like how are we gonna get the most out of the the, the players that we have, like I would rather just take Marvin Bagley Maybe bring Harry Giles along, have him be your starting five, and then you know plug Heald back into the starting lineup and 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 put Bogdanovich at the three. Like that's a that's a good young core of of talent. So uh, so yeah, Marvin Bagley at two. Uh, number three, I do have uh, my Hawks taking Luka Doncic. Uh, can't pass up on this guy, man. He's just so fucking good. Um, he's I mean. All the accolades, all, all the EuroLeague accolades. He's obviously the best Euro, I guess, European prospect of all time. Um, obviously, don't confuse that with uh, best European player of all time, but but accomplished prospect to ever come out of uh, European basketball. Um, and I, I mean, whether we make trades or don't make trades or what have you, like. You could plug and play him. He is a combo guard. He can play the one. He can play the two. I ultimately would like him to have the ball in his hands um, and 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 move on from Schroeder. But I mean, I feel like if you don't do that, you could 
he can play at the two. It shouldn't be a problem at all. Um, and Bazemore certainly not, you know, a piece of the future. So I got Luca at number three. Uh, really crossing my fingers on that. All right, my first trade, number four. Um, and we kind of discussed this uh, a couple of days ago. So I'm fully expecting you to, uh, to, um, you know, <laughs> you give me a counter offer if you will. Um, but uh, the Celtics would get the number four pick with which they would draft Muhammad Bamba. Obviously, we we've heard the reports that they're really high on Bamba, um, that they have interest in moving up for him. My biggest thing with the Celtics is I do not want to give up Jalen Brown, and I have no fucking way am I giving up Jason Tatum. <laughs> like uh, that's a non-starter. But even Jalen Brown, I don't want to give up. Like he's he's only played two years. He's great defensively. Um, he, he did struggle a little bit at the end of the playoffs, but I mean we have to remember, you know, he had that injury, um, and then when he came back, he he just kind of got a little out of rhythm. And um, so I mean, I think I think people have kind of um, maybe held that against him unfairly uh, in in certain um, circles. But I I think the guy's terrific. I think he's a great core piece to that team, um, and uh, and you know of course you still have the question mark on Hayward. So um, you know hopefully he makes a full recovery and everything. But uh, but you just don't know. So Celtics get the number four pick. The Suns get Terry Rozier. Uh, essentially get, you know, uh, a guy who I think has proven that he can be a starting point guard in the league, uh, not, and not only a starting point guard in the league, but a quality starting point guard in the league. Um, I, you know, he's essentially this is his first year getting that kind of opportunity, uh, and he just ran with it and has done great. He's very solid defensively. He's big. I think his defense would be a great pairing with Booker, Um I think he has no problem playing off ball. So if you want to run some of your offense through Booker, I think that totally is fine with him. Um, I just think he would fucking just be great for the Suns. Um, And then the Grizzlies would get a slew of draft picks. They would get number 16 from the Suns, number 27 from the Celtics, number 31 from the Suns, and then uh, either Boston the Clippers, Memphis, or Sacramento 19 first-round pick, whichever is most favorable. Now, along with this trade, if they would have to essentially relinquish the protection on the Memphis pick. So let's say, for example, uh, the Sacramento pick ended up number three, but the Memphis pick ended up number seven. Uh, they wouldn't then, then get to keep both. Uh, you know, the, the, the protection, the one through eight protection would cease to be on that Memphis pick. Uh, but essentially it's a way for them to, um, I think ideally what they would want is the Sacramento pick, but of course the Sacramento pick could go number one overall to which it reverts back to Philly. So it gives them a little bit of protection there, um, you know, to, to go to the next best pick uh, in that scenario. And, you know, Boston of course would still keep, um, probably a lottery pick. I don't see Memphis, you know, making the playoffs next season. Um, Plus they have the Clippers pick if it doesn't go into the lottery. Um, And they still would keep their own. Um, So essentially what you'd be giving up is like, say, Terry Rozier, uh, 27, and a lottery pick next season to get Mo Bamba. Um, 
what are your thoughts on that, Luke? Um, well, I, 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 I know your thoughts, but tell the viewers uh, your thoughts on that. No, I mean, I really don't hate it. There's just that one thing that I hate, but I mean, you kind of said with the whole Memphis thing, but I still, I don't like it. Um, the second Bender pick's not on there. It's not on the table. That, that is for something much prettier looking, like a Kawhi Leonard or something along those colors. They can look at that. They're lucky if they get the Memphis pick that gets back to them. I mean, honestly, I'd be fine with giving them Boston and the, the Clippers pick. They can have two picks next year and just and have whatever with that. They're lucky if they get Memphis. I mean, it's just a lot. How I feel is we gave we gave up uh, a number one pick last year, and all we got was a number three and a future. So I'm just – Grizzlies are getting way too much for, uh, for the fourth pick in my mind. So that's my only – you can cut, cut it right off at Sacramento. You can throw in Memphis last thing and be like, okay, you, your pick can come back to you. It's yours. Here it is. I think Memphis would be excited about that and they would do it. Yes, they're going to ask about the Sacramento pick, but like I said, it's not on the table. It's not that uh, pretty of, of an option. Don't get me wrong. Muhammad Bamba is great. It would take a lot of money. I love Scary Terry, but like you said, I think he does deserve to have a starting role, and he'd be good with Phoenix. He'd be definitely be able to distribute the ball to Booker and DeAndre Ayton, so he would shine. I think Grizzlies in the end, without the Sacramento pick, I still think they'd probably do it just because it's helping them out big time with money situations, even though I think they'd try to get a, a terrible contract thrown thrown out of there, but I don't know who would want to take that back unless Phoenix somehow just thought Terry Rosie was that much worth it. But in the end, I mean, I do like Muhammad Bama coming to the Celtics and all that. Then we can re-sign Smart and all that, so I think it fits with just a current and later puts Al back at his true position at the four. Mm-hmm. But I just, but just my only grievance is just Sacramento. Just because I just think, even though, like you said, you could do the whole term thing, which I think is very, very interesting. It'd be kind of crazy how they turn that out and, and everything at the NBA would kind of sign off on that. But in the end, Sacramento pick, yeah, you might lose it because it could go number one, but, with this whole only a four, draft, only at best a fourteen percent chance of that happening. Though, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, there's that yeah. reform next year, so it's it's really not. So really, sac- the Sacramento pick really is really it's it's like the Brooklyn pick last year when like before we traded it. It's really high stock right now. It you right. can get you a lot, and like you're saying, we're saving a Jalen Brown. Like I said, I don't want to get rid of a Brown, but if we can save a Brown and a Sacramento pick. We can still possibly go get a Leonard. We're going to still have to throw in some other things, but that is it's still two great building blocks to go after a Kawhi Leonard. So that's my only thing. Yeah. The Sacramento pick is just too pretty looking right now to be giving up for just the fourth pick. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I kind of feel you. I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's difficult because you you like with with these kind of trades, you have to kind of position yourself not only to think about like what you might think is fair, but what the, what each team's GM might think is fair. Um, and I I think there's this high possibility that that um, that your boy Danny Ainge might possibly agree with you. Um, uh, you know, I don't think that they're going to I, – I do think they want to move Terry Rozier because you want to get value for him. I don't I don't think they want to resign him. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're going to include him in a package that you don't feel you're getting the best 
you know, out of. Um, so, uh, but uh, I I think it could be interesting, and I think Memphis could certainly uh, be interested in, in just getting their pick back um, next season, uh, you know, um, and, and, you know, maybe uh, if the Sacramento picks off the table, maybe ask for something else. Maybe you could get Boston to give up their 2019 first round pick, something like top 20 protected, um, just on the off chance that Boston isn't one of the 10 best teams in the league, which would be very, very hard to believe. Um, like Ainge might might very well do that in order to keep the Sacramento pick, because um, then at that point you're only giving up, you know, Terry Rozier, uh, number 27, a pick right around number 27 next year, and you know a, a a Memphis pick that means more to Memphis than it does to Boston because it is ultimately top eight protected. Um, so I could see that that potentially working out too. Um, uh, I, I, in fact, when I when I originally proposed it, that was kind of more the, the thought I had in my head, and you know, then I was like, I don't know, man. Like with the Grizzlies, like I think you know they really want to get rid of Parsons, and there's no way to get rid of Parsons in this deal. Um, so like they they may want just a little bit more, but uh, ultimately that may be a little too much. But um, we'll just uh, we'll agree to to say that um, whatever future pick. Uh, that Boston uh, sends the Grizzlies uh, is, you know, is one of those uh, picks that we've discussed. But in in the scenario, Celtics get four, Grizzlies get 16, 27, 31, and future draft consideration, uh, and the Suns get Terry Rozier. Um, So, yeah, Celtics, Muhammad Bamba, um, you know, for all the reasons that we said, we, you know, both think that that's a really good fit. Uh, let me move on. Number five. Uh, I also have Dallas taking Michael Porter Jr. I also read the report. They're pretty high on him. Um, they could certainly use a center, but, um, you, you know, I think at that point, if, if Aiton, Bagley, Doncic, and Bamba are all off the board, you're obviously not drafting Trey Young. Um, you just drafted Dennis Smith Jr. And I, like, I think Jackson's stock is it has kind of taken a hit. Like he had kind of risen up the boards before the workouts, but it seems like everybody else is is really impressing people in his workouts. Not that Jackson, you know, hasn't had viable workouts, but you know, I read a report recently that Atlanta was not interested in taking Jackson at number three. Um, I certainly think he could be a pick for Dallas at five. Um, but it, it's just going to – it really, to me, it would boil down to, um, you know, all I'm worried about is whoever I pick, how do they pair with Dennis Dennis Smith Jr.? If I pick Jaron Jackson, sure, he'd be just fine. Um, but is he a first or even second option? Uh, Michael Porter Jr., if he works out, is – a first option, or at the very least, a second option, but but really a first option, which means Dennis Smith Jr. could then be your second option. Um, I, I think Dallas. I think Dallas is this kind of team. I think Mark Cuban is the kind of owner to say, "Dude, let's fucking roll the dice." Like I would much rather have uh, the gamble of Michael Porter Jr. because his ceiling is so fucking high. Um, you know, I, give me that over a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr., who's four. Is, is I think is really high, 
but his ceiling is it's just a lot lower um, than a lot of these other guys um, in the mix. Um, uh, with number six, uh, also uh, have pretty much the same trade that you outlined earlier for between the Hawks, um, the Nuggets, and uh, the Magic. Um, I uh, the only thing that I added in that was made it a little bit different is uh, factoring in the Kings. Um, I, I think ultimately, the, I, I think Denver. I don't think clearing $13.8 million is going to be enough to get them out of the luxury tax. Um, so I think by by getting the number 30 pick from the Hawks in that transaction, they could use that to ship out Dar- Darrell Arthur's $7.4 million. Um, so essentially that would allow them to cut over $21 million for the number 14 pick, um, which I think that would – save them from going into the luxury tax and moving two guys you don't need. Um, and then, you know, the year after that, Millsap comes off the books. Wilson Chandler comes off the books. They, they would once again, get some flexibility the following year. So, um, so that would be my, my only difference. But, uh, but as far as who Atlanta takes, I do have them taking Jaron Jackson jr. Uh, at number six, uh, mainly because, I I think you could go either way here. I think you could go Jackson or you could just say, fuck it, we're going Trey Young. We're going to pair up Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Like, I, I certainly think that's a possibility. That's That would scare me defensively, though. Um, and like you said, there are a finite number of big men uh, in this draft. There are a lot of guards available later on in the draft. And if, if – the Hawks still have the 19 pick. There's not going to be a big available at 19 uh, who projects to be uh, a starter. So I think picking up Jaron Jackson at number six would be a good fit for the Hawks. I think he would pair nicely with Collins, uh, Luka Doncic, uh, and, um, you know, whoever they decide to take at 19, uh, you know, Prince. Uh, I think that would be a really, really good young core of players. Chicago also have been taking Wendell Carter Jr. I, I like you. I really like his fit with that team. Um, Chicago's kind of weird. They need both a wing and they need a center. Um, but it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier. The, the, the center position is all of the centers are like stacked up at the top. There's one Robert Williams that is floating around near the tail end of the lottery or just outside the lottery. Um, but the Bulls aren't going to have the opportunity to get him uh, if, if his projection stays where it's at. Then you're looking at a huge, huge gamble in a guy like Mitchell Robinson, and, and that's even if he falls to, you know, uh, what is it, like 22, where where Chicago would be picking next with that Pelicans pick. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I would have them going uh, Wendell Carter there. Uh, Cleveland, simple. Trey Young, if he's available, they will take Trey Young. Uh, it just makes too much sense. You, you, if, if Trey Young falls to eight, you cannot pass on him. Um, New York Knicks, uh, I got Kevin Knox. Um, I think out of the three forwards um, that are here in this draft, he has the highest ceiling, uh, like between Knox and the, and the Bridges. Um, I think Mikhail is obviously the safest pick, and I think I actually I really really like Mikhail Bridges, um, and I I think he could end up being the best player uh, of of the three. But 
Kevin Knox's uh, like offensive ability, I think, is like his, his ability to get a shot off the dribble and all that kind of stuff, um, kind of notches him up a little higher uh, in my book for the Knicks. Um, and then with number ten, I got my final trade. Um, I went ahead and got all of mine out of the way in the top ten. Um, <clears throat> I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have the Philadelphia 76ers trading with the San Antonio Spurs to acquire Kawhi Leonard. Um, we've kind of talked about this a lot. Uh, I think, obviously, Boston, I think, is going to, to try to get in on it. I definitely, I don't know if Boston ultimately is going to want to, to give up um, the pieces that it, it would re- require them to give up, whereas I think Philly would um, maybe be a little more apt to do so. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, the trade that I have outlined is the Sixers acquire Kawhi Leonard, the Spurs get Markel Fultz, Robert Covington, Furkan, I think is how you pronounce it, Cork Maz, uh, Timothy Luwawu, and the number 10 pick, uh, could possibly throw in the number 26 pick, but I'm going to refrain from doing that for this particular um, mock trade. Um, essentially, I think the Spurs are getting uh, Marco Fultz, who has, still has tremendous fucking upside. Uh, quality 3 and D guy in Robert Covington can really play anywhere between the 2 and the 4. Um, like just, just very, very solid player. Um, if you go small and want to play Aldridge at the five, he can play the four or he can play the three for you, um, on a solid team friendly contract, uh, makes him a very tradable asset for you, uh, down the road as well. Uh, Korkmaz and Luwawu are just kind of throw-ins. These are guys who Korkmaz, um, was a solid prospect. He's, he's, you know, um, EuroLeague prospect who had a, you know, really good shot and same, same thing with Luawu, um, not with shot, but just a solid European prospect, really athletic. I think guys like that the Spurs would be interested in because they would see them as we can get these guys in our system and, and essentially, you know, um, figure out a great role for them um, and, and turn them into, you know, a Kyle Anderson or a Jonathan Simmons or, you know, any number of, of players that the Spurs have pretty much done that too over the years and then with the number 10 pick I'm going to have the Spurs taking Mikhail Bridges um, I think they would kind of look at Mikhail Bridges and say you have all the tools to be really successful we need to we need to essentially have you be able to create a shot um, we think we have the guys who can do that um, that's what you need the most help with uh, that um is something that I, I don't think they would be scared of at all, um, and I think they would certainly be able to do it. So number 10 of the San Antonio Spurs taking Mikael Bridges. Your thoughts, Luke? I mean, all in all, I mean, I like it 1 through 10. I'll definitely get to the trades in a second. Um, actually, while we were talking, Woj just set off a Woj bomb, which I think you'll really Ooh. like in the Atlanta Hawks are really high on Doncic right now, and their main focus is him with Jaron Jackson and Trey Young falling. I mean, uh, Jaron Jackson and Marvin Bagley being the other three they focus in on. So it looks like, you know, your Doncic (laughs) might be. I know, but, hey, whenever he says things is right. So 
I do see. I mean, you're very high on him. It makes sense. My only thing with with Doncic right now, and don't get me wrong, he has a, a lot of upside. He's a really good player coming out, but I just think him being the number one is just not good, like he'd be better if he wasn't the number one. And right now, going to the main young Hawks team, he's gonna be the number one. I don't think Collins is it right now. Or Prince, so that's the only thing that I think I he's just, the number one on his Euro team, but I don't think I know. But it, I think as far as your number one scoring option, though, I think it would be Prince. Honestly, I mean Prince. I just think he needs, he, he needs an established. He needs an established score, but in the end, I mean, I still like it a lot. I mean, it makes the most sense, best player, and everything. Uh, we already I already told you about the Boston trade. I mean, I do like it. I mean, getting uh, Boston. Uh, your number six. Uh, pick with Darren Jackson, I do like it because, like you said, I mean, in, in my draft, uh, so, uh, Hawks were able to get their point guard and center of the future. Right here, they're able to get their point guard and center of the future. Jackson has a lot of upside, can definitely stretch the floor better than uh, a lot of these centers, has an established shot. He's really young. It's just um, it's his size right now that kind of just scares me when he's playing. I feel like he's more of an Al Horford kind of-ish. Where he um, he can play the center, but he's more of a four slash five. Definitely can strive at the four. Might not be able to keep up with speed, but I just feel like he's just not a true body size. Just he's he's gonna thicken out and get he's like gonna have to bulk and, get, up. and get muscle, but it's just it's gonna be yeah. a while. He might not just be as big as some centers. So I just think he's well, a. Well, but he's I will say force. this: he is six eleven with a seven foot five wingspan. Like I'm cool yeah. with that. He does have to get bigger. Um, but I think he's got the size to be uh, to be a true center. Um, so I think in, in in some respect he's different than um, than Al Horford in that scenario because Al Horford doesn't have that kind of wingspan. So um, so you know. Um, but I will say that I I mean he certainly um, he certainly does body size right now not length but body size really looks more like a four. Um, but, you know, a lot of these guys do. Like I said, DeAndre Hayden is the only one who's really a, the physical. Like, even Mo Bamba, who's just insanely tall and his crazy wingspan, um, you know, he's he's thin as a rail, too. So, um, but, no, I mean, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, though, on that. Yeah, I mean, um, I like <laughs> I mean, you agree, but yours is kind of different. I mean, going with uh, Carter, uh, Wendell Carter for uh, Chicago. I just, I just think he just fits really well. Um, Cleveland, yeah, I've read they, they've already said they're not letting Trey Young. If Trey Young falls to eight, they're not letting him or Michael Porter Jr. I've heard of the two that if they fall to Cleveland, Cleveland's like, oh yeah, we are excited. This maybe this Brooklyn pick wasn't bad after all. So I think right. Cleveland's excited about that. Knicks, um, I like the pick. Um, I just what worries me, I mean, not saying that Knox has that mentality, but he definitely might think he well not think uh he's more I feel like suited at the four where he, he wants to play the three slash four and Kristoff mm-hmm. is clearly a four. I mean he can play the five, but he's better at the four. He just he's not like right. thinking out so so I just think right. that, so that kind might of what be. you're thinking is is while Kristaps is hurt, he would be playing the four and then be unhappy when Kristaps comes back and he has to move. Yeah, I just think it might it might be a little. So that's why I like Mikel, just knowing that he's going to be. And then um, the San Antonio one, uh, 
I like it, but I want if I'm San Antonio, I want a, something a little bit different. If I'm coming to the table and I'm giving you Kawhi Leonard, I don't care if I'm in a bad position. I could hold on to him. I could be that stubborn. I'm in no rush to tra- trade him. So the 10th pick mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. None of these players right at 10 are just like, oh, yes, that's why it's worth doing it on draft night. So I think, right. you know, Mikel just doesn't send it over the moon. I'm going to the if, – if I'm making this trade of the Sixers, my two main focal points is Markel Fultz and Darius Harge. And then the I'm not pick. giving up Sarge. I'm not. I, but I'm, I'm, not, not, but I'm giving you Kawhi. I understand that. But, you know, I'm giving you Kawhi Leonard. You have to understand that. Oh, I'm no, not I in get, the spot. I get where you're coming report, from. But that's – I'm on the first. That's first talk. It's, I, I don't care you, about I the Luwalu and, and Korkanaz or whatever his name is. No, that, that, those are not – and Rob and Robert Covington, don't get me wrong, Markel Fulton, but I'm giving you Kawhi Leonard, who is like top three no, player in the you. league. I'm wanting a treasure chest. Like the whole – that's what I'm saying. Like the number 10 pick isn't like throwing me over the board where I'm just like, man, 10 and Fulton is great package right now that we're building around. No, I want – yeah, I understand Sarge has a lot – a lot of thinking about the Sixers, I don't want to give it up, but that's mostly like, because Paul well, sat out a whole year, so I'm already running into an injury thing where I just ran into with Leonard last year, and, and what is their injury? So that's also, yeah, he has a huge upside, huge ceiling, but really, has he played? So we don't know, and I want I want right. to see a player that I know is good and is established, and so Sarge is my main focal point. The other two just coming after it, but I'm coming. Dario is the first person that is just like, yep, that, I'm hanging up the phone. If he's just if you're not coming, be like, okay, we can go around Sarge now. What else is it going to take? If you're not putting him on the table, the, the phone's just hung up because I'm not I'm I'm not in any rush and I can sit with Kawhi Leonard if I'm the Spurs. And with the Fultz thing oh. too, like I understand, dude, he's a first round pick, he's number one and and his upside. But I just ran into some crazy injuries last year. Injuries is not something I want to be building my trade superstar for. My fans might be not that happy, and I might also want to send you Paul Gasol. And if you're cool with that. No. No. See, here's the thing. Like, the Sixers, any trade that they conduct that involves Kawhi Leonard needs to still leave them the financial um, flexibility to make a, a signing. Here's here's one example where I might be willing to um, to do that trade and include Sarge is if I could also finagle a way to get um, – uh, Chris Middleton, but I feel like if you're giving all that up for for Kawhi, I don't feel like you then have the assets to get Chris Middleton. We can all thank Brian Colangelo for that fucking idiot. Um, but I uh, I I understand where you're coming from. I mean, it's just going to depend on who gives them the best offer. Um, Boston could certainly outbid that. Uh, Philly can make the package better. Um, uh, you know, um, ultimately. Uh, the Lakers, I'm sure, will, will try to get involved. Um, they could offer, uh, I think, a realistic offer would be Ingram, Kuzma, and number 25. Um, I don't think there's any scenario where they give them Lonzo uh, on top of those two guys. I just, I think that would be so fucking foolish of them uh, to do that. Um, not to say that I, I, I think you have to keep Lonzo. I just, I can't give you my my three best young assets for Kawhi Leonard. I just, I, I can't do it because at that point, even if you get Kawhi Leonard, that takes away because the players you're giving up are so cheap. That takes away your, uh, your ability to go sign the two max free agents. Now, maybe you could get Paul George and LeBron James, take a little bit of a discount to come pay 
play with Kawhi Leonard, but I don't know. Um, but no, I, I feel you on that. Um, it's, it's ultimately, it's going to be really interesting to see the package that they get, uh, if Kawhi Leonard is traded. Um, and you may be right. It may be a little, and like I said, I think Philly might have to entertain giving up the number 26 pick as well, along with possibly giving up their 2019 first round pick, um, you know, which would essentially, you know, San Antonio would then be getting the possibility if the Kings pick ends up number one, they would get that pick. Um, like I said, best case scenario for them is 14%. So it's not a high probability, um, but maybe that would be enough to move the needle um, if they balk at that original offer. Um, but yeah, I mean, and also Robert Covington is not young. Uh, I think he's 27, 28. Um, so he's in his prime, but he's not a, he's not a, he, I mean, he's a great role player in his prime, great starting role player. Um, but you know, yeah, essentially it would, it would boil down to what they think of Markel Fultz. I wouldn't so much be concerned about the whole injury thing because outside of Kawhi last year, the, the, the Spurs have always been really cautious with injury and been really patient and all that. That was just a, kind of a freak situation um and so i i don't i don't think that would ultimately um worry them what what if i'm this first what would worry me about Fultz is not his injury but his his um assertiveness and the fact that he kind of looks he's got all the tools man i mean he got a triple double in the last regular season game of the season um and the youngest player to ever do that um but I I do think that his um you know, let, let's put it this way everybody wants their guys to have that Mamba mentality um, maybe Fultz doesn't have that now Kawhi didn't really have that um, but they were able to develop him into a superstar anyway so it's gonna really come down to to how they see Fultz um, and you know maybe they do demand Saric maybe another team makes a better offer so um, but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to uh, to see I would say this also um, Mikael Bridges is, is who I selected with the number 10 pick but let's not forget too that um, the last time they had a pick uh, that was even top 15 they got Kawhi Leonard so maybe Mikael Bridges isn't the guy but maybe there's somebody else out there that they're like just super high on and they're like this guy is going to be fucking great and no one knows it but us you know maybe they see a guy like Lonnie Walker and they're like this guy is going to be you know this year's Donovan Mitchell um and we we really really like him so I don't know it's gonna it's gonna take a perfect storm uh as far as Philly being able to pull off that trade um but It'll be interesting. All right, let's uh, let's move on. We'll try to make these uh, next ones a little bit quicker, kind of breeze through. We got about an hour left. Um, so eleven through twenty, who you got? Uh, with eleven, I got the Hornets going with Miles Bridges. I heard they're really high on him. I think it makes sense for them. I mean, something really putting them over the top. Yeah, they could go with one of these point guards, but are you trading Kevin Walker? You just need to make up your mind. So. I'm just going with the mindset that we're just trying to still build around Walker. I think Bridges fits really well with them at the four or the three. So I think he's just a smart all-around pick. Um, my next pick, and I'm still kind of debating on it. I don't know if I like it. The only reason I threw it in here 
is because from the reports yesterday that Toronto is really high on Shea Gillis Alexander. So I have really? Toronto trading with Clippers, but I really after I've looked at the trade so many times, I just if I'm the Clippers, I'm sending you no matter what, Demelo Gallinari. Like I have yes. to give you that. Yes. That, so I, that that's the only that was gonna be my biggest addition to yeah, the so trade. So I'm thinking I'm changing it just because uh, yeah, I'm doing you a favor and I'm gonna take on Kyle Lowry, even though I think DeRozan might be better, but he's on a lesser of a year. He just came off kind of a, a really great year. He's an all-NBA player, so he might stand a little bit more value. And I kind of like this whole him for Wiggins thing straight up. I think that fits really sure. well, so that's kind of why. And with the Clippers, too, I mean, I think you can re-sign Avery Bradley on, on the kind of the low. You know, he's, he's been injured. He's sure. Not a lot of teams seen him. Might as well re-sign him. You got Lou Williams, so you already have to, so – that's why I'm getting the Clippers to get Lowry. You know, I mean, he's he's a good, serviceable point guard. Now, he's no Chris Paul. He's kind of already suited, but he's, he's going to bring a different aspect to him. He can definitely, you know, he's, he's going to help out the point guard situation. I think right now with the point guards in this draft, there's no one really setting him off, so I think Clippers. So um, I'm going to adjust it just a little bit. If you, um, So I'm gonna, it's going to be Dino Gallinari. Um, you're going to get Sam Decker the number 13 pick, and then if I got to throw in Patrick Beverly or Wesley Johnson to maybe eat up money or if I can take out if the, somehow you don't want them and I can still retain them with getting all these people. Just I'm trading you Gallinari in the 13th pick. That's what it's more around. I think Decker's just a young piece, though. And the Raptors get their guy. I mean, they get Shea Gillis-Alexander. If they're really high on him, they really want to trade, I think they might as well start blowing up. And if they were to blow it up, now you got him and Wiggins or him and DeRozan. I think it kind of helps out DeRozan. Now you've made him the focal point and everything of, of the offense. So that I just I had to adjust that pick just because I, I think if you're taking on, if you're the Clippers, you can sit with your two lottery picks. But if you're going to be taking on a huge contract like this, you need to keep off a little bit of contract. And I think Lowry, Tobias Harris, I think DeAndre Jordan, then at that point will pick up a slayer option. You got Sweet Lou, and then you can re-sign Avery Bradley. You still have the 14th pick, so you still have the whatever you want. So I think it's a win, a win-win. Um, I like Raptors it now. Might think, yeah, the Raptors might think they want a little bit more, but then again, you still have a first-all-team. Te- uh, I mean, if you get Patrick Beverly, I mean, he's a great defensive player, so you have him mm-hmm. to back up Gillis Alexander, so you know have someone to help him there. Gallinari – isn't a bad player, so he's very serviceable. And if you do trade DeRozan, or if you don't, you still have a good three, a second option, so it helps out DeRozan. He can space the floor. So I think it really helps out. You know, Raptors, you're not shedding that much money, but in the end, you're still getting a young player that you can kind of build your future around. So I think I think, I think, think in the end, they would, they'd probably do it. Now, with the next pick, the Clippers luckily get the um, – get to keep it um, and get the the next one as well. So they're, uh, I had them either with Robert Williams, but in the end, I just, I'm picking the best player available and I'm surprised that Toronto was high on Gillings Alexander because I'm taking Colin Sexton. I know I just got Lowry and I just got a point guard, but he's pretty old. I don't know how long, you know, he is. He and who's my backup. Right. Yeah. And, and so, but, and also, I don't know really his backup. I can have this guy that can learn from a good, uh, like, all-star yes. player that's been there and all that. 
and he can possibly take over my team. So I think Sexton just and him just being the best player available just makes just a complete sense. Yeah, Robert Williams yep. can be their center, but really DeAndre Jordan's still there. I mean, he's not Robert Williams isn't that much of an upgrade. Colin Sexton can be that good player right there. He can switch. He could definitely run it with Blue Williams or Avery Bradley. I just think that gives Doc Rivers a solid four guards to be working around if they can re-sign Bradley. Now you have Lowry, Sexton, and Lou Williams. Solid guard position. Clippers, I think, now are maybe back in contention competing for the eighth plus seventh spot. Um, yeah. The 14th pick is now going to Orlando Magic for my first uh, previous trade with the Suns. I have them taking a Lonnie Walker. I think just if you're going with, you just got uh, Dennis, you know, you, you have your point guard, you have your, you, you find three slash through five. You just have a log jam right there. So you're getting a guy that really can create a shot for himself. Still really young. Like you said, could he be the next on Mitchell? Who knows? Like just, it just, he's, he's probably the best guard, like shooting guard right now available. So I just think it makes sense for Orlando magic just to go ahead and, if you want to compete with this team, you're getting the two spots because you've kind of been missing that one as well. Number 15, I have the Wizards going with Robert Williams. They've been desperate need of a uh, center. I mean, Marcin Gortat is completely just terrible. He doesn't fit on the team. I pretty much think he will get traded because him and John Wall, it's either him or Wall right now because right they don't like each other and all that. I think right. Wizards are just too financially invested in Wall to trade him. To anyone, they just, I mean, he's I getting don't know crazy, that you could get great super value max, for him super because, max. Yeah, I yeah. don't think you could get great value for him because of how egregious his contract is. Like, um, it, you would have to find a team that is really, really desperate for a point guard and has the either ability to contend that doesn't care about going into the luxury tax or just a shit ton of cap space and, and, you know, so they would not go into the luxury deck. He'd be a lot harder to trade than the expiring contract of Marcin Gortat. Yeah, and and I think with Robert Williams too, he's definitely compared to Clint Capella. So I think he just, you know, there's a lot of just he could definitely run the floor, catch lobs, definitely mm-hmm. be able to catch a lob from John Wall, which Wall's been yeah. <laughs> definitely bashing Marcin Gortat. So I think it's a, a win for Washington. Number 16 is the other part of another pick, which is now Memphis is getting the 16th pick. And I'm going with uh, another shooting guard, uh, Troy Brown, out of um, Oregon. I think he's a really good young player. Very underlooked because just this whole class is pretty stacked. The guards, the straight shooting guards, are just very overlooked. There's some seasoned mm-hmm. players, too. That might be ranked a little bit higher than him, but I just think he's still a fresh. He's only a freshman. He has a lot of upside. He's got good length. I think he's definitely coming in and playing right next. Can uh, like just hop in and play next to Conley. So I think it works for Memphis. Seventeen, the Bucks. I have them going with. They need another guy to create a shot. Definitely get a shot because Chris Middleton's the only one that looked like he could do it um, besides Giannis. So. I'm going with Dante DiVincenzo. Might be running high from his NCAA, but he definitely proved that he can create his own shot. He's got good length as just an all-around four-slash-guard. He's kind of a two-slash-three. I think he's more of a two, but definitely can defend. Has just really good length on him, can shoot the ball. 
He's definitely riding the wave. He looked really good at the draft combine. So just Bucks need someone who's either that or they need someone who can control the ball. But I just think they definitely needed to take someone that can get create a shot and, and get a shot. And DiVincenzo mm-hmm. is the one that definitely showed people that he can. Number 18, I have the Spurs just doing a typical Spurs thing, finding the, another international guy that hasn't been talked about as much as Doncic, but definitely has a better shot, an NBA-ready shot than Doncic, and that's Dazan Musa. Um, he's just, he definitely is, he has, he, that's the one part of his game that he's really capable of doing is his shooting. Right. Now, other things he's going to have to figure out, but at least he can shoot the ball. And I think Spurs have always just done really well with their international play, just really scouting their guys. And if they wanted to also as well, need to save a little bit of money and, and whatnot, you know, it can be a draft, draft, draft and stash. So always something that Spurs always do. So yeah, did that. Um, coming back around, Atlanta's finally going to use their third and final pick of the first round, which is crazy to think Atlanta just had three picks in the, t- uh, the top 20. And I'm going to take uh, – they're taking a guard slash forward and Zaire Smith from Texas uh, Tech. I think he really came out this year, really proved himself. Um, really, he's part of this whole freshman class as well. We keep on repeating this. I think this, this year might break uh, the record again for the most freshman take, but there's just a lot of guys that really proven that they, they, they are NBA ready. They couldn't be ready. Now you have your whole team that you're building around is Trey Young, Smith, Prince, um, Muhammad Bama, and Collins. And then you have really good, solid veterans that either if they need a start or they can help uh, the back and Chandler Parsons and Bissack Niambo, who might still show some value. And so I think, you know, Hawks are definitely on a good Parsons. good stride. And then, and then, what? Not Parsons, Bazemore. You had Parsons go into Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah. I meant Bazemore. Sorry. Bazemore. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Um, no, and then and, and then you have the uh, the mammal, Kenneth Fareed, who can definitely run with that team. That's mm-hmm. who I was mixing up right there. So I think it's gotcha. really solid for the Hawks. You know, they have a really, a really nice-looking team. And also, too, um, I think they're also, well, besides seeing Woj drop that bomb, they're in contentions for a next pick next year. And R.J. Barrett is a really player who's just like a Doncic, who's just as tall, can control the ball. I mean, I think Hawks have been really high on him and next year. So I can see him if they, they do have another rebuild year, if that's who they could – and that would just complete the whole thing, and Atlanta is just ready to compete. Um, and then the 20th pick um, is the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I'm going with Jacob Evans, just someone that can create his own shot. Um, he's definitely getting looked at contending teams, which is really saying something about a player because he's definitely projected between 20 through 30, but it's saying a lot when Boston and Golden State have definitely had second workouts with you where they're saying, like, whoa, this kid is definitely ready. He's a 3-and-D player, like that typical, like, 3-and-D that we want. He's older. He's definitely just proved, a, like, a lot at the combine that he can definitely shoot the three. So Minnesota Timberwolves need someone to come off the bench. The bench was really bad last year. I mean, they was just one of probably the weakness. That's why Tom Thibodeau ran those starters just to the ground, so – just a good serviceable player to come off your bench in Evans. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, uh, I, I like pretty much all of those picks. I mean, um, they, they all essentially make a lot of sense to me. I didn't even hear about um, the Raptors being so high on uh, Gilgis Alexander. So that's, that's really intriguing. Uh, the way you kind of reconstructed the trade around Gallinari, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, and if you're, if you're the, the Raptors, essentially, I mean, I feel like if you can get, you know, Patrick Beverly for one year, you let Gilders Alexander play behind him for a year. Um, it, you know, that, that would essentially mean that and and, you know, though I would, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I would, uh, I kind of expect the Raptors to re-sign him, but it, it means that you couldn't be strong-armed into paying uh, Fred Van Vliet more than you want to pay him um, because you have uh, a Gilgis Alexander and you have a DeLon Wright um, still under contract for one more season. So it, it, it essentially gives them the ability uh, in that particular trade scenario to um, – you know, basically uh, have some have some leverage as far as uh, you know those moves are concerned. <clears throat> um, and as far as the Clippers, um, yeah, I mean uh, Lowry, uh, like you said, Lowry, Tobias Harris, and and um, DeAndre Jordan is, is sort of your big three. Lou Williams is your sixth man. Um, you know, I, I I think maybe you resign Avery Bradley. Maybe you just let Austin Rivers play that role I really think obviously Avery Bradley's a better player but it's just I think it really just depends on what the asking cost is I do think I do ultimately agree with you that I think I don't think his asking price is going to be ultimately that high um I think it'll be interesting I think you could see him be one of those guys who tries to sign a like fat one-year deal somewhere um but I also think you could see him as one of those guys who you know essentially leaves a, a, a fair amount of money on the table per season by getting a long deal. Um, Cause he needs that. He needs, I, I, if I'm, if I'm his agent, I'm like, dude, like you're only getting eight, $10 million a season, but they're willing to give you four or five years. Um, like, you know, that, that could possibly, you know, work itself out. Um, so, you know, ultimately I think for the Clippers who, we all know they don't want to rebuild. They want to compete. Uh, and if you're, and if you're, yes, you're taking on uh, two years of, of Lowry, but you have two years of um, Gallinari. So that's only $10 million more per season in, in those two contracts. Uh, and you're getting a much more effective player. Uh, so I like that deal. Um, that the way you've reconstructed it, I think, is actually really, uh, really beneficial for both teams. Um, and you know, I, I think uh, the fact that you know Balmer obviously wants to have a, a, a competing team, um, and I, I, I think the only the only reason I think they might not do it is obviously Jerry West is kind of the rumor with the Clippers is, is they want to keep the cap space, but you know, like I said before, you're only giving up ten million in cap space over the next two years by doing it, and you're just getting, you know, you're getting a, a, a high quality all-star level point guard in the in the transaction. So, um, and like you said, you still get to keep one of those picks, and you still get the guy you want in Colin Sexton. So, um, I would keep twelve uh, and send 
13 is the only thing. Because I wouldn't want Toronto to be like, you know what? On second thought, we're going to take Colin Sexton and be like, fuck, you know. Um, so that that would be the only the only difference that I would have. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, I like that deal a lot. A uh, lot of lot of picks. Uh, we have the same, um, and I'll get into those, um, you know, when we get there. Dante DiVincenzo at 17, God, like, that man has played himself into some money um, through the tourney. Um, I I don't have him nearly that high, uh, but I do like him a lot, and I could see somebody just saying, fuck it, you know. Like, this kid is uber-athletic and can fucking shoot the ball, can create his own shot, like, can handle the ball like you know awesome combo guard can play the one can play the two um it is a i would say you know a plus defender um i think worst case scenario for dante DiVincenzo is well i won't say worst case scenario but like i feel like at the very least in my opinion he's going to be a very viable six man of the year type player year in and year out. Like, even if he's not um, a starter on your team, he's going to be really valuable in that sort of role. And if you're Milwaukee, getting a guy like DiFingenzo to be a six-man, especially when, you know, you might be losing Jabari Parker, um, that would be awesome for them. Uh, Yeah, I like Musa. Zaire Smith at 19, I fucking love that pick, man. I got – I'm super high on Zaire Smith. He is – quite possibly the most athletic person in this draft. Um, he's, he's got a lot of things he needs to work on, but he's raw, he's young, he's super athletic. He's, I think he's only six foot four, but he plays like he's a lot bigger than that. Um, kind of like a Bazemore, like, you know, like, um, and, and not saying like, uh, as necessarily like a player comp, but the fact that Bazemore is only six, five, but like, plays a little bit bigger than, than a six, five guy. Um, could play the two, could play the three, even play some four in college. I mean, I don't think he's going to get by with that in the NBA, but, um, but yeah, I, I really like that pick. I like, I like the, what you've constructed for my Hawks. I think it's fucking awesome. Um, the, uh, uh, and then the Timberwolves get Jacob Evans. That's, that's a solid fucking pick, man. I, uh, I, did not know he had gotten the the call back on those. Um, I think what did you say the Celtics and the Lakers? No, Golden State and the Celtics. That's Golden why I'm State, just like, yes, yeah. So um, two of the like the top contending teams. Yeah, um, and and you know he's a guy with some experience. I mean, I I think that makes a lot of sense. And as you know, we kind of stated he's he's a tweener as far as a two three can play either position. Um, uh, it seems like he would be comfortable playing either position, six foot seven. Um, so that's perfect. That's exactly what the Timberwolves need. They need a guy who can gobble up minutes playing the backup. You know, whether they keep Wiggins, whether they trade and, you know, move Butler to the three or they trade for a three and keep Butler at the two, you need a guy who can give you essentially, or, or we'll say this, uh, a permit Jimmy Butler to rest at least 12 minutes a game. Uh, ideally, you know, more like 14, 15, uh, and then allow whoever their 
you know, other wing, we'll just say Andrew Wiggins, since that's the guy who's currently on the roster, to also rest 15 minutes a game. Uh, like you said, Tom Thibodeau needs to stop fucking running his players into the ground. And I think that a guy like Jacob Evans would afford you that opportunity with those two guys. I mean, you could essentially just have a three-man rotation for those two positions. Um, and Evans could play 30 minutes a game uh, off the bench and just you just have to kind of manage um, – you know, um, him playing next to Wiggins and how you want that duo to work and him playing next to Butler and how you want that to work. Um, but I certainly think that's a, a terrific possibility for them. I think that would round out their team very nicely. Um, you still have Tyus Jones for one more year. Um, who knows what they'll do about Derrick Rose. Um, I, I, I think there's a possibility that they, you know, maybe sign him on, on some kind of um, – uh, short-term deal uh, of of like a, a a player exception type type thing. Um, uh, we'll see. Um, so that that could be possible. In which case, they could trade Tyus Jones. Um, and then essentially, you're, you're going to use Gorgie Jang in the same way that you would be using Evans to essentially back up Taj and to back up um, to back up uh, Towns um, and and share the load there. Um, it gives you a great eight-man rotation, you know, um, and, and I think that's exactly what they need. They wanted that to be Jamal Crawford last year. It just never worked out. He never really hit a stride there, um, and it could just be that he's 36, 37 years old and, you know, um, just, just, you know, probably – or I shouldn't say probably, but maybe needs to retire. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Uh, before I jump into mine, uh, any any follow-up that you want to leave us with before I go into mine? No, I mean, pretty much agreed on a lot of things. Like you said, we have a lot of similar picks, but uh, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, all right, so number 11, Charlotte, also Miles Bridges. Just makes so much sense. If he falls through and, and is available at 11, um, I think you take him. I think Colin Sexton would be intriguing there. Um, I just, you know, like, I don't want to draft Colin Sexton before I have even traded Kimba Walker, you know? Um, now, I do think it's interesting. I did read a report um, that Cleveland is, is going to try to improve their roster, um, which uh, in order, in, in kind of an effort to keep LeBron James, which could involve, uh, you know, them acquiring Kimba Walker. I just it, – it's really difficult for me to see a trade that in which they get Kimba Walker because you're not going to give up the number eight pick to get Kimba Walker. That's just, that's, that would just be crazy um, because I don't think Kimba Walker is enough to keep LeBron James. So, you know, that to me doesn't work. And, like, if you're Charlotte, you're you, – maybe if Trey Young falls to eight, you're like – so high on Trey Young that you're like, okay, we'll give you Kimba and 11 for eight and I don't know, something, maybe Kevin Love and, and work in some other cap around how to make that work or maybe bring in a third team. Um, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's fairly complicated and I don't, I don't necessarily see that working out. I think, I think Cleveland just needs to fucking accept that Le- LeBron James is, is, is not going to be in Cleveland next season. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Miles Bridges, I think I think he fits very well. You obviously need a three. You have Dwayne Bacon, who I think um, 
is a really solid player. I just don't look at him as an NBA starter. He's like a, a quality role player, you know, seven, eight, nine guy um, on a on a you know competitive team. Um, and yeah, uh, number twelve. I also have the Clippers taking Colin Sexton, uh, even though I uh, threw threw uh, uh, a wrench into the uh, system. Whatever, I'm I'm fucking up the the metaphor. Um, but uh, with Shea Gilgis Alexander last uh, l- last week when we did our other mock draft, I just wanted to see what you'd fucking do. Um, and I actually do like Shea Gilgis Alexander a little bit more than Colin Sexton. Um, but you know, you call, you call me crazy. Uh, but I do think uh, Colin Sexton is the um, kind of universally considered second best point guard. If you don't consider Doncic, you know, a straight up point guard, third best if you do. Um, and I think the Clippers definitely need that. And that you know, I don't, I don't see him falling past the Clippers. Uh, with the number thirteen pick, I have the Clippers taking Zaire Smith. Uh, again, uber, uber athletic. So just, just take all of the praise that I gave you for having the Hawks take him at 19. Because if he falls to 19, that would be fucking amazing. And I would love to have him on this team. I just don't see it happening. Yes, I had the same kind of notion uh, that you did as far as Robert Williams and his potential and all that. But what I'm looking at is building a, an uber, uber athletic backcourt of Colin Sexton and Zaire Smith playing the one, playing the two. I got Tobias Harris. Um, I got Sam Decker, who you know I think is a, is a very interesting prospect. I got Montrezl Hare, Montrezl Harrell. Um, it's like Montrezl with an L on the end. I've never really, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce pronounce it. Um, but I've got Harrell. Um, I got to re-sign him this season, but I think he impressed them a lot last season. He kind of, he's one of the weird tweeners. He plays, plays the five, but he's only like six foot eight, six foot nine. Um, so I guess kind of like Draymond, um, when Draymond plays the five, but he is certainly a, a, another good young player on that team. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that would be, I, I, I'm not as high on Robert Williams as some people, so that would be my biggest reason with with taking a guy like Zaire Smith, who just has so much potential. I think I think he could easily be the Donovan Mitchell of this draft. I think it would. I don't think he would maybe do that in his rookie season, but I could see him being uh, really, really good down the road. Uh, Orlando also had them taking Lonnie Walker, pretty much for all the same reasons you said. He's a little bit older. He's I think probably NBA ready and they certainly need a two. Like Fournier is kind of a two, but even him, I don't necessarily know if he's, I mean, he, I think he more plays the three on that team anyway, but I don't, I, I could see him being moved for the right package. You know, I've all, I've thrown out that Andrew Wiggins deal. I still kind of like that deal of Wiggins and, and, and Justin Patton for Evan Fournier and Jonathan Isaac, uh, pretty much just straight up at this point. I've contemplated adding picks in, but I don't think you would need to. I think the fact that you would be getting a, like a first option in, in Wiggins, uh, and then you could pair with Schroeder, Lonnie Walker, Aaron Gordon, and Vucevic, like 
you're looking you should be if you if you have hired a competent coach you should be looking at a playoff team given how weak the east is with that squad but you know it is it is the magic but i i do think Lonnie walker would ultimately be their their best selection here washington man washington is such a fucking weird team i also have them taking robert williams i i honestly think um I, just to avoid luxury tax, you could see them essentially just do a stretch provision on Gortat um, or even uh, Jan Mahimni. One of those two guys. I, I don't know. You know, obviously you got the the drama between John Wall and uh, and um, Gortat, but uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think they could. Uh, Use a guy like Robert Williams. I really wanted Jonte Porter there, um, but he he decided to go back to college. I, I the biggest reason I wanted Porter is a, he's more of a combo four or five, which they need both positions really because Marquise Morris is entering the last year of his deal, and yeah, you could like you should pay him, but you're already like committed so much money to John Wall. Uh, and Bradley Beal and Otto Porter Jr. I just don't I don't know if you can afford that if you're going to be you know a six seed at best uh, I don't know so ultimately though with what's available I'm I'm also going Robert Williams Memphis uh, I think I have Chandler Hutchison uh, because he is you know, a, a, a senior coming out of Boise State, he he could certainly help them win. Now they obviously need uh, Memphis. Obviously needs a wing player. He can he can play the two. He can play the three. I'm kind of after after your little spiel on Jacob Evans. I'm kind of wondering if I should if I should make Jacob Evans that pick instead of Chandler Hutchison. But you know, for the sake of uh, being forthright, uh, I'm I'm going to stay with with Hutchison there. I I just think he would be. A, a guy who's who's play ready, come in. He could play your two. He could play your three. Whatever you need him to do. Uh, very similar to to Jacob Evans in Minnesota. Uh, Milwaukee. I got them taking Zane Musa. You need shooting around Antetokounmpo. That guy can shoot the rock. I, I don't necessarily think that they're going to re-sign Jabari Parker. So he gives you uh, essentially a guy who can come in and play the two or the three. Uh, and have, have, you know, Antetokounmpo essentially play the four instead of having him switch between three and four. I I think that ultimately works out pretty well. I think he could be a good pair with uh, Giannis. San Antonio Spurs, I got them taking Mitchell Robinson, and, and mainly because they're, in, in my particular scenario, they've acquired Markel Fultz. They have uh, DeJounte Murray, who I would then play at the two. I'd kind of have a combo backcourt of, of, um, of, you know, point guards there. Uh, and, and, you know, you would also draft a, a wing at number 10. So, I mean, I feel like that pretty much leaves you with either a four or five. Uh, I think Mitchell Robinson obviously has a lot of potential. I think he would be a very interesting pick for them, uh, to kind of bolster their, front court uh, moving forward into the future. Atlanta, fuck, if Shea Gilgis-Alexander is available, and I I went over this multiple fucking times and was like, surely there's no way he could slip to 19, but 
in this scenario, who needs who needs him? Who's gonna take him? I could not bring myself to think of anybody. Uh, the one team that I kind of thought, well, too, was Washington or Memphis, but he doesn't fit a need for really either one of those teams. So I was like, fuck it, like let's let's pair up Shea Gilgis Alexander, six uh, six. You know, obviously, kind of has that combo guard thing going on. Uh, but, well, yeah, let's pair him up with Luka Doncic and, and just let those two guys go to work. You got one dude who's 6'6", six, six, one dude who's 6'8", and then the rest of your, your, your front court guys. I, I like that. I think that would be a really good pairing. Uh, in Minnesota, I also have them taking Jacob Evans for all the reasons you stated. If I, if I were to balk on my original pick of Memphis, picking Chandler Hutchison in – having selected Jacob Evans instead, then I would plug in Chandler Hutchison at 20 for Minnesota. They're, I think, very similar players who are very experienced and pretty much the same size, play the same position. I think you're going to get you know, a very skilled NBA play-ready guy out of either one of those guys. And I think that's exactly what both of those teams uh, you know, would want in in those particular picks, especially Minnesota. Um, we got about 24 minutes left, so if you have any commentary on it, uh, on on those picks, um, lay it on me quick, and then jump right into uh, to your 21 through 30. No, I like all of them. Um, the one that kind of had me at first um, was Zaire Smith, but like you said, when you compare that, you really wanted a super athletic. Backcourt, it makes complete sense. I like how you went with Colin Sexton. You finally realized that he is better than Shea Gillis Alexander, and so I'm glad you that. finally hopped over to the dark side. <laughs> well, you didn't say it, but you're, you're technically your draft order said it for you. Um, the only one that kind of surprised me was Memphis with Chandler Hutchinson because technically Memphis doesn't have this pick realistically, so they haven't been looking at Hutchinson, and Hutchinson – skip the draft workouts and everything because he was promised a draft pick from a lateral team. So that's the only reason that you would have to be going off a lot of like, yeah, he's a senior, so he had a lot of tape. But you just, you're not, you you, you probably didn't have time to work him out because you didn't see this. He didn't go to the draft combine when you were there. So that's the only reason. Now putting Jacob Evans there kind of does make sense. So I do kind of see that one. Um Seattle, until I realized what you said with your trade, it does uh, the uh, the San Antonio meant makes complete sense with Mitchell Robinson, and then hey ATL, I mean if you're getting Shagilis Alexander, that's a nice lengthy backcourt, and he's going to help out Doncic a little bit defensively because Gilles right. uh, Alexander is very good at uh, just a little sticking his hands in. He's got he's got a good link to him, so I think all in all, yeah. great picks for all the teams. All right, so jumping jumping into my final my final ten. So I got the Utah Jazz choosing a, a little combo guard. Another three and D guy comes out of the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and that's uh, uh, Bates Diop from Ohio. Just think, you know, he really fits that. Uh, they kind of would need a ball handler because. They, yes, they have Ricky Rubio, but it kind of flies up there. But I just think what uh, Bates Diop brings to the table just really would help out Utah. You have someone to back up Mitchell and everything, and he could just definitely play the 3-D. Uh, 22, I have uh, Hutchinson going to the Bulls. I think the Bulls are the team that promised him 
a uh, a draft pick. They're a later team. They definitely had time to look at him. I just think he's definitely going somewhere in this range. It makes sense for the Bulls get a seasoned guy, just really come in and help out. They've been really missing out of the three. Yeah, they could have taken Otto Porter Jr., but he wasn't he wasn't there for them. So you're getting a good season guy where I think this is where he got his promises from the Chicago Bulls. 23, I got the Pacers going with Aaron Gordon. I mean, <laughs> Aaron Holiday out of UCLA. Uh, their just point guard position just kind of is at something. I mean, he's not going to jump in from day one, but he could definitely be a good serviceable guard to come into the future a couple of years from now. He has two brothers that are already in the league, so he's got – he knows what it's like to be a professional. I'm sure he's definitely worked out with them, definitely see the regiment just thinks it helps Spurs, I mean, uh, Indiana Pacers, you know, getting another port guard. With uh, the 24th pick, I got the Portland Trailblazers. They really need – I mean, if you're keeping both of these guys, uh, both of your – C.J. McCollin and Damian Lillard, you already noticed that they're really depleted outside of that. So you need a common guard that can play the one and the two very good defensively. And I got Kyrie Thomas out of Creighton. I just think he fits. He's a combo one slash two guard. He gives you both backup at either position, can play the defense really well against the guard position. So I think it makes sense for Portland. If you're still going to keep these guys, you're not trading one. You obviously, you're not having Shabbat, um, Shabazz Napier. He's not a backup. He's not your backup point guard. I don't even, I can't, I, I think it's Turner. Evan Turner is the backup number two. But then again, Evan Turner yeah. really hasn't been so. You just need some – you need a player that can switch in either one of those positions, and that's Kyrie Thomas. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, I'm going with another promise. This guy just got surgery, but I did hear he was promised from the team, and I'm going with Kevin. Um, I, I'm going to butcher his last name. I feel bad. but um, <laughs> I have it, no idea how to pronounce it. I think it's just Herter, but Herter, it could be like Herter. Herter. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know. <laughs> he, he's he, he's aged. I think they really liked. I mean, last year they got a you know a seasoned player. He knows they create a shot. He definitely was promised. Hey, like go get the surgery now. You're not. It's not a big red flag to us. We just want you to be healthy for training camps. And I think the Lakers might have been that team to promise them. They definitely need that position. You know, you're you have to re-sign KCP. So you. If you even get if you re-sign him back or if you re-sign one of these max, you still need someone to come off the bench, and I think Kevin would do a very serviceable job. Uh, Twenty-six. I got Philadelphia Sixers. I mean, if you looked at the playoffs this year, they really need another guy to handle the ball outside of Ben Simmons. Yeah, Markel Fultz can, but we really didn't see it. And I got them going with Jerome Robinson. I think he's a really good size guard for them. Again, length all the way. They just can just be taller than everyone. Definitely can help take the ball out of Ben Simmons' hand and all that. He's Ben Reigns I've seen as high as in like the top twenties and then low. I mean, uh, like like lateral, like later on in the second round. So he's got a crazy range, but I see him fitting really well for the Sixers, helping them out. Um, the Celtics, I got another promise, which I think. I mean, if I if you're Danny, promise no promise. This guy's here, you better take him. Because you're getting a kid that could have been a lottery, but there's a lot of weird things that happened with him in college and him leaving 
But taking Mitchell Robinson center, I mean, you're getting your steal. I mean, your your draft, we're getting a center in Muhammad Bama, but this guy has all the ups, uh, all the tools just like Bama. He is a shot blocker, defense. He's probably projected better rebounder than a lot of these centers, and he's just you know he can catch lobs. So I think it's a steal for. Danny and the Celtics definitely need a center. It's always been a position. He's not going to come out day one, but, you know, later on it could be really one of those high-risk, high-rewards. But uh, there was a picture of him in Hollywood. He's wearing a Celtics shirt, so it's kind of interesting right after ah. he was right after he was told that he was promised something. But it's under the Hollywood sign. So a lot of people have been saying it's either the Clippers or the Celtics. I mean, I mean not the Clippers, the Lakers or the Celtics that gave him a promise. But it's weird that you're under the Hollywood sign in a Celtics shirt, so just kind of something that that's why I kind of also threw him in there. Um, 28, Golden State. I got Jalen Brunson from Villanova. I mean, smart all-around player, just help his team win a national championship. Definitely another person to take the ball out of Seth's hands when they need him, can run a second unit. He's not going to be that guy that's going to fight for a starting spot, but can definitely come into a competing team right now. Like I said, they'd probably like a Jacob Evans or something like that, but this is a good, serviceable player that can come in right now and compete for them. Uh, Nets, I got them going with Josh and Kobe. Um, de- uh, definitely has ra- like raised his draft stock ever since. Mm. He went to the yeah. um, draft combine. He did really good on a lot of drills. He's probably the fastest player. Um, I think it was in the lateral sprint, but just showed a lot. He's definitely improved his stock big time. Brooklyn, I did have him going with um, little Antacupo last time, but that was just a joke just because I was like, but like you said, <laughs> the GM's smart. He's doing smart picks now. He's not doing, They're not doing old Nets picks where you just traded away your future for some age guys. He understands what's happened. So I think Josh Akogi comes in. He, you know, he, there could be other names out there. But I think he just he'd be really good for the Nets and then Denver Nuggets. I have a guy that definitely riding a high stock. He's just like a Dante DiVincenzo. Last time people saw him, he just scored 44 points in his international team, and it's Eli Akobo. But I also am drafting him because I'm Denver's sake. Yeah, you can come over and play, but I'm kind of drafting you as a drafting stash just because money situation. You're technically not ready yet. Yeah, you did just drop 44 points, man. That's very impressive. But go ahead and get a couple more, one or maybe two more years and really, really, like, season yourself and then come over to our team. And Denver's really smart on their international people. As as you can see, they got the Joker and all that. So they definitely know their international pool. So I just think all all sides, this makes sense for just all parties. If he needs to be a drafting stash or whatnot, just. It's a player that is definitely riding a 44-point game in a, in a playoff for a team internationally. So I just think it makes sense for Denver at 30 if you're trying to save money to get a draft and such player like this. Yeah. Uh, let me start with that one. I think that would be a great pick for Denver. Um, I like Okoba a lot. In fact, um, I even said recently that if – uh, the Hawks are trying to get a point guard at 19. I I would strongly consider this kid. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think if Gilgis Alexander isn't on the board, you know, a guy like a, a score 
first guy, a score first point guard next to Doncic, who's you know more of a facilitator, would make a lot of sense. Uh, he shot. This is crazy. In the playoffs, granted, this is the French league. This isn't like the ACB. Um, it's not. It's not the the Euro league. It's not the same league that Doncic is in. I don't think. Um, but he shot sixty fucking percent from three in the playoffs. That's fucking crazy. Like, I mean, he just went on a fucking hot streak. Uh, it, it, his his like uh, average for the season was, I think, I, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. The sixty number just threw me off. I just lost track of everything else. But I think he was right around forty percent, maybe a little less. Uh, but you know, very very good numbers in the playoffs. He also shot ninety two percent from the free throw line in the playoffs. Uh, so uh, what I'm getting at is, is this is a guy who obviously, unless you just think it, it you know, w- was a was a fluke, is a guy who likes the big stage, and I like that, and I I think he could be really good. Uh, he's obviously got all the tools. Um, just real quickly, uh, if if Mitchell Robinson falls to 27, uh, yeah, you don't really need to trade. You don't need to put that kind of package together for Bamba because you you know you're still getting a guy who just has a, a shit ton of upside, and it is possible he could fall to 27. I don't, I don't ultimately think it's likely. I think somebody before them will will take a take a chance, but. I will say this too: the Celtics could just keep it a little more simple than making some elaborate bomba trade, and just say, you know, why don't we, you know, trade up and 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 you know, find a team like say the Milwaukee Bucks, who just, you know, they probably need some assets. They they obviously, uh, you know, one of their picks is going out to uh, to Phoenix at some point, so maybe like you're just like, hey, like you know, we want this guy, we know we can get him at 17. So we'll give you 27 and we'll give you, you know, our, our, our first round pick next year or, you know, something that's not going to be crazy valuable, but we'll, we'll essentially, you know, put Milwaukee in the thoughts of, well, we, we really could use an extra draft pick, you know, um, or, or any other team. There's a lot of teams who could be in that scenario. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, ultimately, I think I think he would be a great get uh, for the Celtics, and and you know they could potentially trade up to uh, to get him. Um, uh, there was one more that I wanted to comment on before I did my. Oh yeah, the Nets with Josh Okogie. I really like Josh Okogie. I have him going uh, to the Sixers in mind, which we'll get to. I the Nets have a lot of guards though. Like they've got, you know. And, and young guards. I mean, they they obviously just traded for D'Angelo Russell. They have Spencer Dinwiddie, who's you know really came alive this past season. They have Karis LeVert. Uh, I really think they need more front court. So while I like the pick as far as I I think he's really good, and I don't you know I think he would be good for the Nets. I I think as far as positional need, they they really need to be looking more at like wing players, whether it be three or four, I think would be kind of more um, their ultimate need. Uh, But let me jump into mine. I got 10 minutes left. Um, You're going to just run through these really quickly. Uh, For Utah, I got Troy Brown. uh, Kind of just – 
If he falls to 21, he, he can play the one through the three. He projects best as a two, but he played the one in high school. I, I, I think he could be a very interesting fit uh, next to Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, like I said, can, can has so much versatility, so you can utilize him off the bench, you know, uh, in, in a lot of different ways, and, and I think he could be really good. I think Mitchell could certainly be your, your point guard. Uh, I mean, he's already shown that ability in the playoffs by handling, pretty much sharing responsibility of handling the ball with Rubio. So, but I, I, I think Troy Brown would be uh, a very interesting pick for them and, and could work out very well. Uh, with Chicago, because I don't have Chandler Hutchinson available, I'm going to go with Kata Bates-Diop. I think he would be great. He'd be a plug-and-play player. He's a three-year guy out of Ohio State. The defensive uh, player of the year in that conference. I think he would be a really, really nice fit uh, at the three for Chicago. I think he would be kind of exactly what they needed. You've got guys like Markinen and uh, 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 Levine who can score the rock. Now you you put a, another good defender along with Chris Dunn. And if you get a Wendell Carter Jr., <clears throat> you pretty much put together, you know, a, a very solid um, one through five as far as young prospect players. So I, I really like that pick. Indiana, I have them taking Ely Okobo. Um, I, I just would not, like, to me, he's just his potential is, is so out there. And if, if he's, you know, got that kind of if he could reach some of that potential and you could pair him next to Victor Oladipo and you got those two guys running at you with their athleticism and, and their ability to score the ball I think that could be really intriguing for them and I think that would be uh, a lot of fun for the Pacers uh, Portland also got Kyrie Thomas I think we had Kyrie Thomas going in our last mock draft when we did it together um, for all the same reasons that you said I mean he just he, he would fit perfectly. Uh, you you can't invest the money in re-signing uh, Shabazz, Napier, or um, Pat Connaughton, for that matter, unless you can get Pat Connaughton to stay at a, you know, pretty much a minimum uh, salary. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Kyrie Thomas kind of kills two birds with one stone there. He can, he can back up both of those players. So I think that would be a great move for them. And I think, you know, ultimately they they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna be able to do it, but they're gonna try to trade Evan Turner. He just he has not worked out at all for that team, and that was turned out to be a very very bad signing. Uh, and you know, um, they were able to get out of Alan Crabb miraculously. I don't know how they did not give up a draft pick to get out of Alan Crabb's contract. Uh, that is probably the one move that I think Sean Marks uh in 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 Brooklyn has made that I'm just like what the fuck were you thinking but nevertheless uh and I'm not sure they're going to be able to get out of Turner I also have Kevin Kevin Herter or Herter or however the fuck you pronounce it for the Lakers um I think he would fit he can play the two he can play the three so he can back up uh you know even if you're keeping your young core he he can you know back up Josh Hart um can also play behind Egram uh, but, you know, like you said, he's got that experience, so I think he would be really good uh, if you needed to play him in a starting lineup. Say if you got, you know, traded for Kawhi Leonard and signed LeBron James and you needed a shooting guard, like 
I think he could be a plug-and-play guy that could work out for them. Uh, Philadelphia, I as I mentioned earlier, I have Josh Okogi. Uh, kind of just, like, like you said, like really impressing people uh, in the combine. Uh, I have kind of started – I had started – take notice of him maybe two or three weeks ago uh, when the ringer um, had him listed at, you know, their, their guys all were pretty high on him, had him around like 20, early twenties is their uh, ranking for him. And I was like, damn, who the fuck is this Joshua Kogi guy? So I started looking into him. Um, I ultimately don't value him as much as they do, but I do think he is, going to be a late first round pick I think he would fit very well with Philly um, that athleticism the ability to shoot the ball uh, and if you you know were, were making this this whether or not you were not but um, especially if you were making this this Kawhi Leonard deal uh, again I think he's another guy who you can just kind of plug and play uh, who, who could fit next to all those other guys he's only I think he's only six foot four but you know you have you have uh, linked pretty much everywhere else, uh, so I, I, I think it would be fine. Uh, Memphis, uh, I'm, I'm having them take Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, I think essentially, if you're Memphis and you, and you make the deal, the trade that I had proposed, you, you take a two and you take a three. <clears throat> if you get say DiVincenzo and um, Hutchison or Jacob Evans. That you know, those are the guys who are going to play your two and your three. You plug those guys in right away, have them play right away um, with you know Gasol, Conley, and Jamichael Green, and maybe you can you know make a run at the eighth seed. Um, it you know it could be possible. So uh, I think that would be great for them. Uh, Golden State Warriors, Grayson Allen, uh, Zaza Pachulia is really old. They need another guy who can come in and, and be an asshole, uh, universally hated around the league by everybody. Grayson Allen has done that for years, uh, for four years to be precise, at Duke. Uh, fuck that guy and fuck the Warriors and their match made in heaven. Uh, uh, 29, I have them taking Spellman, which might be a little high for him. Some I've seen some mocks that have him even higher. Like I, I saw one that had the Hawks taking him at night. Like, are you fucking shitting me? We better not do that. Granted, that was NBADraft.net, and yeah, I don't, I, I don't ultimately, ultimately, usually agree with um, Aaron or Aaron Smith or whatever, however you pronounce his first name. Uh, but I do think he would fit in this scenario. He's has shot the ball from three really well. I think he's like forty two or forty three percent from three in college. Uh he's six foot nine, he could play the three, he could play the four. Um so essentially I think you would bring him in hoping that, you know, he he's eventually your your four. Uh and you just kinda play him behind Damari Carroll for a season. You still got him for one more year. And you you can kinda see where things go. Um last pick Sacramento, I'm taking Melvin Frazier, small forward out of Tulane. Uh I, I think the guy has a lot of potential. Um He's kind of flown under the radar because he, you know, he plays for such a small school. But you know, wings just automatically hold so much value. Uh, Sacramento, in in this scenario, acquiring that pick uh, and having taken Bagley would need another wing player. You could just plug him right in and and have him go ahead and compete uh, for for that three spot uh, for those minutes with Justin Jackson. 
and I, I think he could turn out to be a really, really solid player. Um, that's it. We're out of time. Um, if you have any particular one thing, we got 60 seconds. Uh, any any of those one things that really stand out to you before we go, Luke? No, nothing stands out. I like both of our drafts. I think we did really good uh, servicing as GMs for all these teams. Yeah, me too. And I think it's very interesting how many of uh, how many teams we selected the same player for. Um, I think maybe doing all these different mock drafts together, we we rubbed off on one another a little bit um, as as far as, as certain selections. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Uh, a lot of fun. Can't wait to break everything down on Thursday. Join us then, seven o'clock NBA draft. We're going to be covering the entire first round. Joel Jimenez is going to host it. I will be there. Luke will be there. I think we're going to have Ricky Sanders on there, so we'll have a full crew. Until then, peace. Peace out, y'all. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.